is if they work in a decentralized operations framework. We had decentralized systems ownership, and that resulted in different organizations, sales and marketing, optimizing for those subsystems and making the handoffs more painful. And we lacked one view of the entire customer journey. Similarly, the other pain point was a lack of an owner for the numbers. Who is the data provider? And I think where revenue ops becomes really valuable is when they provide unbiased data analysis. And so now that we have a seat at the table directly to the CRO, rather than reporting into respective sales or marketing leaders, we can objectively assess how the business is doing in sales and marketing and push back on them in a healthy manner. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales ops onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by EBSA, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement, and is sponsored by the Global Sales Operations Association and the UK Revenue Operations Network. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today we're joined by Aaron Lee, who is the Director of Revenue Operations at Rev.com. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. Happy to be here. So I want to kick things off, Aaron, by understanding when the, the, the point in time at which you decided the sales slash RevOps was the, the career path for you. Certainly. So I started my career in corporate FPNA. That's where I fell in love with Excel. You know, I was ready to start something new and I got my first role in sales operations. Never heard of it before. But what I always tell people why I fell in love with it, uh, two main reasons. Turns out that generating revenue is a lot more exciting than budgeting. And I love to help people. My career mission statement is help others. And in the operations role, you get to help the company grow faster. You get to help reps make more money and you get to help add more value to customers. So overall, it's just a very fulfilling role. Exactly. You're serving this. You three clear key stakeholders. My, my next question to you, Aaron, is out of those three, the business, customers, reps, who is the most important stakeholder for a sales or revenue professional? Great question. I think the hierarchy is for sure the most important being the customer. You have to add value to the customer or there will be no business. You have to add value to the business or there will be no reps. And you have to add value to the reps or there will be no uh, sales. <laughs> Makes sense because the customer ultimately is paying the bills. Exactly. Finding a way to add value to customers in a scalable way is the most important part of a high-performing business. Sure. So... Now, if we could zoom in a little bit to Rev.com, how many reps do we have? How many people in the revenue operations function? We have 35 sales reps right now. And my revenue ops team is really large. We have 10 total people. And the reason why that ratio 
might sound really bizarre to most people is because Rev has been historically a B2C company. And only just in the last couple of years have we tried to go out market and sell to businesses. So my revenue ops team also supports our self-service or B2C function as well as our B2B function. That makes sense. And did the because you joined as a sales operations manager and then now are running revenue operations, did did Rev.com go through a transition from sales ops, marketing ops, support ops into one revenue operations team? If yes, when was that and why did that happen? Yep, we sure did. It happened a year ago. Uh, we were experiencing really common problems. I think everyone will relate to these if they work in a decentralized operations framework. Uh, we had decentralized systems ownership, and that resulted in different organizations, sales and marketing, optimizing for those subsystems and making the handoffs more painful. And we lacked one view of the entire customer journey. Similarly, the other pain point was a lack of an owner for the numbers. Who is the who is the data provider? And I think where revenue ops becomes really valuable is when uh, they provide unbiased data analysis. And so now that we have a seat at the table directly to the CRO, rather than reporting into respective sales or marketing leaders, we can objectively assess how the business is doing in sales and marketing and push back on them in a healthy manner. Got it. And also, I believe in the time since you've been at Rev.com, you made that transition from, let's say, BTC to trying to serve businesses. And so like, who was that something that came from the CRO or came from the CA that they said, look, guys, we need to start targeting these bigger businesses. You guys go and work out how we're going to do it. That's a great question. It actually started uh, with, within the sales organization. Uh, initially, sales at Rev in 2017 was focused on SMB. And then a gentleman named Grayson Cooper, who now leads our entire uh, sales operation. He's a VP of sales, really smart guy. He identified that going up market was going to be much more profitable. So he provided a hypothesis to the CEO, Jason Chicola. And Grayson was able to do really amazing things by serving large enterprises and growing rev- revenue really significantly. So it started as a hypothesis from the ground level and then grew because it was successful. I think really inspiring. Exactly. And then I guess part of implementing the process of doing this came down to, to you guys. Yeah, we definitely helped a lot. Uh, uh, Grayson and I were speaking, collaborating, I was, you know, essentially giving offhand advice. And uh, then uh, uh, Rev is in Austin, Texas. And I was in Denver, Colorado at the time. I said I'd never moved to Texas, but he convinced me to come and help build Rev. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I bet you're glad that you did now. Oh, very. It was the best career decision of my life. Amazing. What do you think? So since becoming, since running the revenue, well, running revenue ops, what do you think has been the single biggest initiative or change or process you guys have implemented that's had the biggest impact on the customers or the business? That's a great question. Uh, the biggest thing, or probably I have two things, so I'm going to over deliver here. One of them is an ongoing project right now which uh, is essentially the documentation of the sales process. As we're trying to scale and go from 15 reps to start the year to 100 reps at the end of next year, we need to create a shared reality of what good looks like in each part of the sales process. 
so the enablement part of the revenue operations team is working strongly with the systems part of the revenue operations team, in addition to the sales leaders to document uh, and create certifications for uh, both products as well as process in the in the sales motion. That will enable us to onboard reps effectively and measure them uh, efficiently. Another one that I think is the most important in terms of data analysis is creating a shared reality or a shared source of truth. So we built uh, essentially one dashboard for the entire revenue team to be able to go to and say, this is how we're doing. This is our forecast. And we have a shared reality and shared vision on uh, where we're going to go. On on that, that single dashboard, which is your favorite graph or chart and why? Oh, my favorite chart is... Uh, the line graph of bookings because it's up and to the right. <laughs> That's a very, very good answer. And so the whole so marketing, CS, and reps all have this one single dashboard that I guess is there when everybody logs in. So everybody like, is aware of the core metrics. For example, one of them is bookings. Yes, right now it's much, much more geared towards the leaders of the revenue organization. And we're working on trying to find a way to distill the information at our rep level too. Awesome. Incredible. I love the, um, I haven't heard this phrase before from a sales or professional, but creating a shared reality for the revenue function, I think is a really, really interesting concept and super important if you want everybody to be A, performing, but also like, working together effectively. So love that part. Alex, can you jump in and give us some more sales slash RevOps insights, please? I'll do my best. Thanks, Tom. And thanks, Aaron. It was really, yeah, really interesting. And let's just start at the end because that was a piece that really uh, sort of interests me as well. So you, you talked about this, this shared source of truth, the one dashboard for all the revenue leaders, um, which which I, I love based on a lot of things you said, because yeah, keeping everyone not just technically working together, but all clearly driving to the same thing. So you're all on, the, all on the same page, all seeing the same numbers, all aware of, I suppose, the pipeline has to play. Um, but then I love the bit you said, because there is a challenge, isn't it? How do you distill that information in a usable way to the reps? And there's, there's, I guess there's two, in my mind, there's two parts to it, but you, might, you may add to that or, or disagree. But I think one of them is, is how do you keep them in understanding where the either the business is going as a whole or their department or whatever their world is. And then the other thing is, well, how do you make it relevant to them and help them sort of see their little kingdom and how what they're doing can help move stuff up and to the right or to the graph. But any thoughts on that? Because it's, it's, an, it's an eternally a, a sort of a challenge, I think, to make these usable insights that really work on the ground level um, as aside from a pretty dash that, that no one ever touches. I think that's well said. Uh, I think I'll just expand on some of the things you're saying. I think one of the most valuable things you can do with this kind of report at the rep level is show how each individual is part of something greater than themselves. And uh, if we're all rowing in the same direction, we're part of something greater than ourselves, we'll be able to achieve things that are greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, 100%. I, one of my colleagues uses the term um, democratizing this revenue insight. It can sometimes feel like it's all secret hush-hush numbers that, that say at the board level, it's like, well, no, we're all part of this business. We all you know, should want to grow it because it's all going to develop our career. And yeah, and spreading that information out and then help trying to help translate it is, is the real challenge. But yeah, no, that's definitely aligned on that. The, the other thing that I was really um, particularly interested in, in what you said is 
about about the helping people side and how you know that's your kind of your career mission is, is sort of helping or serving other people and then and in the order that you put them in which you know was hard to argue with logically you know customers then biz then reps um but interestingly i think we get a lot you know the the role of sales operation you know your your customers are all the revenue is the is the reps and it may be a hard question to which there's no answer but i don't know if you've thought about the order you gave and the implications it had and i suppose to really narrow the question down you can talk about it more generally it might be easier but is there an example you can think of where trying to serve the customers as opposed to your the, the reps has really helped as a business um that might be quite a tough question that's a, it's a really great one and before i get into an example i i think my take as revenue operations true customer is sales leaders uh, or marketing leaders is like the management team. We need to empower them and their vision, uh, which may uh, be different than what an individual rep wants. Now, let's see, a specific example. Uh, I think a really relatable one for everyone is some of the like forced data entry we require from sales reps, right? We use Medic, for example. And if we can get a better understanding of uh, what kind of customers uh, get a lot of value from our services, we can go find more of them and add more value to them. Similarly, the ones that don't get value from our services, we can stop bothering them with emails and calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, really, yeah, really helpful. Just as you said, quite quite simple when you think of it, but but really help finding that that you're, and and it's great because it still actually serves. Both people. It's just it's it's the awkward job to the salesperson to go tick off all these boxes and you know check this and check that and now you can't move that opportunity forward. You've got to go back and um, but actually it's going to help them out in the, in the short term because no one wants to hassle people who don't want to buy from you. If you can hassle people that do want to buy from you, that's much <laughs> much better. It's going to make your bank bank account look a lot healthier at the end of the month and and you know everything's going to go well. So yeah, no thanks. That's that's really helpful. Just sort of bringing that together. And I think keeping that making sure that everything you're doing, even though you're not in a customer-facing role, that the customer is still your, your end point. I think it's a really helpful just you know, thought. And, and I'm certainly looking forward to thinking about that a bit more and how it might actually make a difference to some of the things that I do or think about, um, which you can't just do in, in five minutes while I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Um, so then the other piece is you talked about documenting the, the sales process and basically building out... Um, sounds like quite a substantial kind of whole playbook and and sort of education system with with sort of tests and the whole thing built in um for for sort of on particularly geared around onboarding of of reps um how and just wondered if you had any things to share on some of the, the things you've learned in terms of doing that i i i can start to grasp the the magnitude of a project like that to be done well so any any advice and sort of you know hard won uh, learnings would be really helpful. Sure. So first I'll say the enablement leader in my organization, Sarah Siski, is doing all the hard and amazing work here. So all credit to her. Um, what Some of the things she's done that I think has set her up for a lot of success include first getting alignment with the VP of sales or starting at the head of the snake and aligning on a shared reality of how important this is. I think in general, uh, a pitfall in our type of work is 
adoption, uh, whether it's sales leader adoption or actual rep adoption and uh, gathering buy-in from these different leaders earlier in the process before you start doing all the work is going to set you up for success when it comes to adoption. So I think she did a really great job there. And second um, is engaging in healthy conflict. Uh, In our role a lot, we have to hold other people accountable and there's better and worse ways to do that, right? Something we talk about a lot on our team is it's a great day to be a great partner. Great partners are positive, solutions-oriented, collaborative. And when we are holding others accountable to outlining different parts of the process or helping us with these documents, uh, making sure we're coming in with that kind of attitude and being great partners to our colleagues across across the aisle. Thanks. Um, Yeah, definitely a a good and helpful message. And yeah, just a a really, um, must be a a really interesting project and um, and kudos to, I think you said it was Sarah for for the work she's been been doing there, and hopefully that that goes really well. And um, yeah, and particularly with those with those ambitious um, scaling goals that, that you've got for the team. So um, it'll be exciting to see where where it's got to in eighteen months' time. Exactly. Creating a shared sales reality is what we're going to be calling this episode. But before we finish, Aaron, the most important question: Who is the one person in the world of revenue operations that you would most like to take for lunch? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I'll, I'll do a quick plug and say my team is the best. I wouldn't be able to do anything without them. Uh, outside of my team, I think someone doing really great things for the operations space is Sean Lane at Drift. He does the operations and other operations podcast. I think it's really great. Two very good answers. Yeah, I'm a fan of, of uh, the Drift operations show. I think they possibly maybe have more downloads than us, but we're trying to we're trying to get there. We're trying to beat them. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. As I said, I loved the whole like creating the same the shared reality for the sales team in terms of the process, but then also ideally on the data side as well. Loving the idea of the dashboard and the work that you're going to be doing to get that to get more personalized data down to the reps as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan. Uh, I love I love talking about it. I love hearing you guys talk about it. So really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified Podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.